PJ Coogan and Kitchen Table Productions present 20 Minutes With, a short podcast for a busy world. Hello and welcome to another new episode of 20 Minutes With. This is number 37. All previous episodes are on Spotify, Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. My guest today is an actress and producer for both stage and screen. Sinead O'Reardon has gone from Cork's beloved Cat Club to joining a production crew on Netflix. One of her movies, the comedy Dead Along the Way, is a hit on Amazon Prime, as is a series called Suckin' Diesel. She runs her own production company, Orion Productions. Before we start, just to let you know, we did this interview in Coogan Towers, so please excuse some doggy-shaped interruptions. After she left school, Sinead studied engineering. But realistically, that was never going to last. Yeah, so basically, God, I've look, I've acted all of my life as a hobby or as an amateur in amateur dramatics, I suppose, as a kid. Um, and I wanted to go to college to study acting and the money wasn't there for me to go to Dublin or to London. And I was always good at maths and I was always good at physics and I, I kind of excelled in those subjects. And my brother, my older brother, Donald, had gone down the road of electrical engineering. And I was like, oh, sure, look, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a bash. So I applied for it in CIT and I applied for food science as well in, in UCC, not really wanting to do food science. My best friend had applied for it as well. So I, I honestly didn't know what else I wanted to do. Um, besides acting and um, applied for the electrical engineering, electronic engineering actually, and then got the degree course in CIT and did it. And um, it was an interesting journey there. Did I you finish it? I finished it just about, just about, and I'll tell you why. Um, so first of all, like I, I, I struggled with the fact that it was a very male dominated Mm. industry there was like three girls in the class only two of us finished in the end um but like we i made friends quickly with the lads and stuff and they were great but in third year of college i met um my husband don in la on a holiday and we went to stay with friends of friends of friends and Don ended up being the friends of the friends and Don had just finished his fourth year in college actually so he'd moved out to the States. He was in CIT too. We didn't know each other. He knew me, I didn't know him. So I went to the States on a holiday and met him and he ended up moving back for me because I said I was going to quit engineering and move to LA with him. Like the best place to be for acting as well. Did you you ever work as an engineer Oh, I did, yeah. So basically, when when we moved back, uh, when Don moved back, I I finished college. And my first job was in Motorola in Cork. So I worked with them for two years. And um, then I really wanted to move back to California. But with engineering at this stage, you know, I wanted to to work in that field because I'd done all the slog and all the hard work. Motorola would have been California. That's where they're from, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was very big, but I didn't move with them. I interviewed and I got um, another job with a company called Open Wave Systems and they were kind of mobile telecommunications space. And I got my H-1B visa through them. But before I got to move to California, I had to work with them in Belfast for a couple of months until my visa came through, yeah. So I went out then, I worked in Silicon Valley for four or five years testing software for my sins. Yeah. but staring out the window every day going I want to be acting I want to be acting, there's, to be a, acting. there's a kind of a love affair with California though it mm. comes through your social media you you get you can't get back there often enough 
I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, my brother lives there. Um, my best friend moved out there. She moved out to me actually um, the year before we moved home. She moved out to me and I, I'm always slagging her because I'm like, you fucking bitch. I, like, I was like, you stole my life. You took my car, you took my everything because she's still there now, you see. So I moved back because my dad was sick at the time and uh, he subsequently died of leukemia. So we moved back um, then to look after my mom and stuff. Mm. But, um, and I was working then in Ireland testing software as well for a couple right. of years as well so did you do any acting in america or did it start when you came back i did a play yeah i did just one sort of amateur play called pigtown actually and uh, i did that and it kind of got me into the buzz of it again and the, the the longing for it you know um i did fashion design actually as well that was another thing i i tried my hand at over there and when i came back to dublin then i i um I, I continued with the fashion design for a while while working. My husband was doing an MBA in Trinity, so mm. I was supporting him. And then I got pregnant and I had Rian and I was still working in engineering. And then I got pregnant and I had Corin and I was still working in engineering. And after Corin was born, I was like, right, mm. that's it. I'm done. I'm done. It's time now for me yeah. to follow my dream. I think we talked about you, you put on a, a show at the, was it the Cat Club. Yeah, was that? Yeah, there was a few. Now I did Aliana. Um, that was a big one for me as an actress and as a producer. But then I came back and I did a play called The Wool Gatherer. That was the one I was thinking about. That's my baby. Yeah, that for me launched me. Um, I ended up like I basically there was someone else meant to produce it and we had a bit of a falling out, so we did a bit of an artistic difference. And I ended up just saying, okay, fuck it, I'm just going to produce this myself. So mm. I produced it. So it really was my first time producing and acting in it. Mm. But it launched it launched me into the kind of the producing world and into the acting world. And it just launched me as a person. It gave me more mm. confidence. And yeah, and that role, that role I played, her name was Rosie. I'll never forget it. I'd seen you in Oliana and I'd known yeah. you enough. And I, it was like, that's not, that's not. That's not Jeanette. Yeah, I just, I completely became consumed by the character. I lived and I yeah. breathed her. And in actual fact, I think about her a lot because I'd love to write a film and have that character, not write a film based on that play, mm. but just write a film based on the character that I created for that play. Shut up, you. Huh? The dogs. <laughs> like that, that, was that an unexpected success, that one? Because that was, that was the one that put you out there. That put me out there, but I worked my arse off to sell out those tickets, mm. like to sell out that cat club every single night, as I did when we when we did it in Dublin. Um, but it, yeah, it definitely it, it put me out there, um, and it was the best best thing I ever did was that play. I mm. loved it so much. I loved that character again. I keep coming back to her, but mm. yeah, she needs to come back in she something. She's a complex character. She's very complex. <laughs> Our little Rosie, yeah, she was complex. Was that the point, Sinead, where you decided to write, engineering is done? Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. Engineering is gone, was gone. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate in the sense that my husband was earning at this stage and he was doing very well for the Twitters and the, the Googles of the world, you know. Um, so I was in that very lucky place where he was bringing in the money so I could do what mm. I love doing. If I had to rely on it to really earn a living, I'm not sure yeah. if I... Because it is tough. It. I was 
Only had a show last week. One yeah. of my colleagues in the radio station, Jess, yeah. put on her, her one-woman show. And I talked to her on the radio about it, like the stress of booking theatre, trying to sell the seats, and at the same time, rehearse and perform. Talk to me a bit about that. How, how stressful is all that? It's very stressful. It really is. Um because you're you're wearing two hats obviously you're wearing the producer hat and then you're wearing the actor's hat and the producer's hat basically comes off just as you get on that stage you know um you're a producer up to that you're selling tickets you're networking you're getting reviews done you're getting critics in you're posting on social media fair enough if i had the money to have all these people come in and delegate you know have Mm -hmm. a marketing person but basically it was a kind of a one-stop shop so i was the producer doing all of this in the background um and then taking that hat off before you go on stage and the actor's hat comes on and that's when i became alive <laughs> yeah johnny public sometimes think ah oh, that's right you're full theater you're, you're creaming you're making a fortune not no, true no you're not i didn't make any money from those gigs from any of my theater gigs i paid i made sure i paid people yeah um, I didn't make any money, and even all the film stuff that we're doing at the moment as well. <laughs> no money. <laughs> it's <laughs> pure. It's days. pure love is driving it's this. It's pure love and passion. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Now that said, during COVID, I did um, a postgrad diploma in producing with Screen Ireland, so I now know how to go get money if I want yeah. to get money. But still, my heart is just in the acting. You know. Mm. Talk to me about Dead Along the Way, and I have a reason for coming back to that one yeah. one I loved it yeah right um but it, it kind of came out in parallel with the young offenders which meant it got a bit overshadowed mm. but dead along the way was just a lovely piece of work tell me about that yeah so it was written by my very good friend um Morris O'Carroll he's my kind of lifetime collaborator by lifetime I mean and working with him in the last 10 years or so when I first met him and he wrote it, he directed it, he edited it. Um, he's such a talented guy. And yeah, we filmed it over the course of three weeks. And it, it just, again, I was a producer on it. So when I ever get behind anything as a producer, I will make sure that it will do well. You know, I'll try my hardest to sell it and I'll do whatever I can. And, and we brought it into the Gate Cinema there in Cork and we had a massive, um, in fact, we, we sold, it was during the Indie Cork Film Festival yeah. and we sold out tickets within half an hour and they bumped us up to the bigger screen and we sold out tickets then and then they bumped us up to the bigger screen again. But it was a fabulous production, sure. You know Kieran Birmingham yeah. there, the, the king of panto. He yeah. was he had a great um, role in that. You may or may not know that he and I were in school together. Are we? Yes, yes. Best I remember Kieran performing, yeah. as only Kieran can, yeah. on, a, on a ferry to France, out on deck. Go away. So that, that's, a, that's a long story. But yeah, but yeah like... It, it, it kind of got a bit overshadowed by the Young Offenders, which was unfortunate. It probably did. Now, that said, we wouldn't have had the budget yeah. as the Young Offenders would have had. Yeah. And also, RTE were behind the Young Offenders. Yeah. So there was massive budget. There was massive. And of course, it was amazing. Like, it really was oh, brilliant. Like Jesus. Did, did Amazon take up it along the way? Amazon, yeah. We got it onto Amazon Prime in yeah. the end. Yeah. And, and we did with that web series that we did as well, Sucking Diesel. So, um, yeah, we were very lucky, like, starting off with, I mean, we only had had 10k to make that film and half of that went on feed, feeding people you know you like, made that for 10 grand yeah yeah 
that's a lot of work it's a lot of work but i think it's it doesn't look 10 grand it looks a lot more you know um i think overall we all did a great job um but yeah i mean it did really well and but it was just unfortunate like you're always going to be up against something Mm. else you know and and some bigger money you know will always take Mm. over you know when when the bobs which was unfortunate because it it was it was was great yeah but it's still there people can still can still still find it Yeah. yeah orion productions the name yeah Orion used to be a movie house. Yeah, so Orion is, um, you know, it's the 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 astrology, you know, yeah. of, of Orion, and it's in the shape of um, a hunter. The star is a lion in the shape of a hunter, and I always sort of viewed myself as someone that goes after a target, not necessarily to kill them, <laughs> but I go for something, and I won't stop until I sort of achieve it. Mm. Um, and I just, I just loved the kind of that idea um, of Orion. And there's a kind of, there's a kind of like a sword going through the, the the symbol of Orion Productions, just to kind of get across that hunter type going after your your what you want, I suppose, in life. And then I suppose the O Ryan, the O it kind of comes from O'Riordan as well, and. Um, my son's name is Rian, mm. so there's the, that's in it. And then my other son's name is Corin, but his his um, his name is a Welsh name, and his it it, it stands for a little warrior. Mm. And again, that's where the little sword through the the logo yeah, comes yeah. as well. So it's kind of a combination of everything. Because I thought there, there was a movie house Orion Pictures, and uh, I always thought at the time, well, I knew they'd gone defunct. I said, here she is now. She's yeah. When you Google search this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think there's a few Orion companies out there actually. Yeah. Now there's a French one as well, I believe. But yeah, yeah that's where that came from. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which do you prefer, stage or screen? <sighs> Which do I prefer? When I'm on stage, you cannot beat that feeling mm-hmm. of the live, organic feeling the energy from the audience if you make a mistake and cock it up the adrenaline is flowing you get on with it you move on like it's you can't stop and retake you can't stop and retake and it's the most magical magical moment um film then of course is a much longer process because you're stopping you're cutting you're you know you're going back to do it all over again so if you were in a certain mood or a certain zone as an actor let's say it was a crying scene and you have to go back and do it again you have to mm. try and get those emotions like you have to come up with them again and but that said um and then as well with film it's their longer days i suppose um and there's a lot of waiting around in film because you're mm. waiting for lights to be set up you're waiting for this that and the other um whereas with stage when you're on stage it's like you're starting now and then you finish mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um but the thing I love about film then as well is the the fact that you've got something on record, you know, you've yeah. got something to go back to look at. Now, I know you can record theatre as well, but I don't think it's quite the same thing as mm. seeing it live, you know. We don't have any idea, though most of us who watch a film, just how many people are behind 
the camera. Like you don't. I mean, when you're sitting down watching a show, and I fall into the trap as well, like you get immersed in the characters if they're good, you know, and if it's a good storyline. But behind, like, I'm always ruining shows for my kids and for Don, my husband, because I'm like, do you know now that, you know, there might be a particular scene, you know, and uh, like I'd be explaining to them, they had to do this first and they had to do that first and see those lights coming in the window. That's not real light. There's big HDMI lights outside and I'm ruining everything. But yeah, the amount of like the cast and the crew, like, I mean, I've worked, all of my productions really have been very small scale, like skeletal cast and crew, I suppose. But I was recently working on a Netflix series called um, Fate, the Wink Saga. It's for teenagers. And I was working as a field producer and my job was to interview the cast and uh, ask them certain questions and that then would go along with the marketing side of things for uh, Netflix. So Mm. it's called EPK, which is their electronic press kit. But like, it was my first time on a really, really big production and the amount of crew, I mean, there was only four or five actors. The amount of crew and every department works seamlessly together you know the lighting the gaffers the grips the makeup netflix is a a giant though i mean i I had the opportunity to um interview one of the stars of the crown at the start of season four and i got that epg as you call it yeah it's a 40 page briefing for a 10 minute interview like it's it's some operation would you have realized until you sat in on a netflix piece of work just how big it was um, I would have realized, all right, I mean, just because all of our things were small scale, I knew that if you had, if you multiplied the number of actors suddenly and you, you know, I, I knew that it would be as big as what it was. But at the same time, it's it's when you're actually working there and, you know, witnessing the scale of it, mm. it's, it is surreal you know it really is surreal and it was a great experience i must say mm. just to see everyone working so well together it was just it's fabulous they used to say was it 80 percent of actors are out of work 80 percent of the time mm. and that's a, that's a reality it is a reality now that said things are very busy at the moment Good. since covid and the whole lot like there's so much going on and i'm getting a lot more auditions i um, actually got a, a role in you know element uh, pictures they were behind mm-hmm. normal people yes so i got my first little role with them um in a tv series called the dry and that's coming out next spring um so that was the a little door that opened for me so it was mm. just amazing to get that but yeah i mean there's a lot of people working right now definitely mm-hmm. um I, I i know that because I, there's a lot of people like even in my producer group we, we'd send a lot of messages to each other we're looking for this person that person this person everyone's booked up you know which is yeah, great at is the brilliant. moment yeah yeah that is as a small nation yeah. we punch well above our weight yeah. and stay on both stage and screen don't we we do yeah we've done some amazing work really um and and what's what's interesting as well is that there's going to be a lot more netflix series coming to ireland as really? well yeah 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 um, I don't know what productions yet, but I do know for a fact that they will be coming, you know, mm. and, and it's fantastic. We've got we've got some amazing talent here, yeah. both behind and in front of the camera, you know, some amazing directors like Lenny Abramson, like Ed Guiney there, the producer of Element Pictures, mm. like he's just my hero, you know, I mean, and, and, and Paul Meskell there yeah. from Normal People, look, yeah. look at him. There's something about Ireland, it brings all the filming comes in here, why is that? It think? really does. I. 
I mean, I think it's, well, I think there's a tax break here anyway to mm. start with, right? So um, that's that's um, advantageous. But then obviously there's a wealth of talent. But then there's the, the, the gorgeous, I mean, we have some gorgeous like scenery. Mm. The Disney film was filmed recently that's up right. in Enniscary where I live and they basically transformed the whole of Enniscary into this like massive palace and there was millions and millions went into it like the flowers alone that they put up around the place apparently cost a million dollars but it's just a gorgeous location to film a disney movie a dream role then a dream role um i think for me i would love obviously to have a lead role in something um be it in a feature film or a tv series um the type of role i would love i have a few actually um one of them i'd love to do a period piece mm-hmm. i'd love like something the like crown or something yeah or the tudors you know that of yeah. that era um and then the other kind of role i'd love to t- sort of do this badass viking kick-ass role which i kind of did there recently in a spec trailer that yeah. we shot and um, with their media productions and um we actually you retweeted that for me pj mm. um we did that and and i learned to horse ride for that actually and a bit of sword fighting and stuff but we're doing another one again how about being a proper bitch in game of thrones or something like that, that would be amazing yeah but basically do you know what i'm all for obviously female driven roles yeah. um empowering women um be it drama comedy whatever that role would be i'm i'm just i'd love just to get my teeth stuck into a role long enough where mm. I could really live and breathe the role for detective then in a series yeah maybe you know I'm kind of open open to anything really but just something that you can grow the character as as, yeah. as you go each season and you know? do you still like is it all about still about the good audition constantly auditioning constantly making making new show reels it is it's all about the audition yeah it is um, but it's also all about who you know you yeah. know yeah, and that's the truth ain't that the truth and you know if you know a producer of some something that's casting you might very well get in the back door there as opposed to having to go down the casting route but generally speaking it's auditions and like even that role that i got in the dry now that's that's been airing next march i did that audition and i I remember I was a little bit hungover on the morning doing it actually, which is ironic because the show is about um, alcoholics, right? <laughs> um, and I remember doing the audition and I was like, ah, sure, I'm not going to get that anyway. Mm. Sure off. And I had a bit of fun with it. So I just sent it off and then I got it. Like, you know, so I mean, for every, I couldn't tell you, for every 40 auditions you do, you might get a couple, you know. That's got to show how much you love it, though, that you keep going back for another go, yeah. another It's go. like a drug, like, you know, you keep going back, you know. It's just, it's it's an addiction, I suppose. I just, I love it so much. The new TV series in which Sinead O'Reardon features, The Dry, is due to drop in March. You can keep up with her various projects on Instagram and at her website, www.orionproductions.org. Thanks, Sinead, for the chat, and thanks, as always, to you for listening. I'll be back with a new interview next Saturday. If you want to catch up on older episodes, you'll find them on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you usually get your podcasts. So until next time, have a good week and stay safe. Thank you for listening to 20 Minutes With, a short podcast for a busy world. Please help to spread the word and watch social media for news of our next episode.